1: Hi there, everyone. Uh, let me just uh, talk a little bit about Clubhouse. It is 6 p.m. at the moment in Verona, Italy. We actually do these every week and they get replayed on the Italian Wine Podcast. So this will be on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. And tonight we have Anna Obuhovskaya who is interviewing Pierangelo Tomasi. Now, I will introduce Anna in just a moment, um, but I just wanted to say that, yeah, Clubhouse has been super successful and we are basically uh, replaying it on the podcast so that people all over the world can listen to it in their own time zones. So yeah, Anna, are you, are you there? Yes, uh, I'm here. Hi, everyone. Hi, did I pronounce your name correctly? Right, not sure. exactly right. Oh, God. Okay. i was sure I didn't, but okay. That's great. So, um, yeah, there are, um, you are based in St. Petersburg and you have 13 years of uh, experience in wine uh, marketing and sales and you've had many different roles. Um, but uh, yeah, no, best cavist of 2011. I could I could just go through a very long list, but I want to ask you why you chose uh, your producer today, Pierangelo.
2: Well, um, it was actually easy <laughs> to pick Tomasi because uh, uh, they produce uh, one of the most impressive wines I have ever tried, Amarone de Buris, a flagship wine. Of the estate from a single wine yard. and that's pretty amazing uh, it's uh, a maroon of great finesse and elegance where power isn't straightforward but hidden between countless layers of aromas and taste nuances you know and besides that i also have respect for the business approach and the new project that tomasi develops they make wines at the most Perspective appellations of Italy, Marema and Matulcini in Tuscany, Vulture in Basilicata, Altre in Lombardy, and Mandure and Pule. So that's why. <laughs>
1: okay well you're a fan (laughs) i can see that i'm well if you know what what are the 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 learning objectives that's normally what stevie stevie asks these questions much better than i do but what what learning objectives um can we get from from your interview today do you think
2: well you know joy um today i'd really like us to learn more about not not really about the area or grape variety but uh about the approach and business vision of a wine making company uh the point that interests me the most with tamazi is uh, what are the key factors for family company to be successful today you know there are many many family uh, companies on the market and n- n- not that all of them are as as uh, successful as Tomasi. so I hope we talk about it with Pierangelo today, and he shares some secrets with us.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that actually that sounds very interesting because um, that's that's true. There are so many family wineries, and uh, each one is so unique. So I'm I'm looking forward to your conversation with him. Is is Pierangelo in the room now?
3: Yes, I am. I've been listening every single word. Hi, everyone.
1: It's it's lovely to meet you, Pierangelo. I am going to let you and Anna have your, your interview now. I'm going to, to mute myself.
3: Thank you, Joy. Thank you very much for introducing this. And, uh, well, from my end, uh, I would like to say thank you all for attending this podcast. I'm very glad to, to share with you as many information as possible about not only myself, but more importantly, Tomasi Family States. You see, Anna I cannot promise to share really secrets, <laughs> but at least some insights of Tomasi, thats for sure.
1: Wonderful.
2: Okay, we will. We will talk. We will talk. Really. Um, Joy, uh, let me also uh, say uh, how I discovered uh, wines of Tomasi, how when it happened, and uh, in which sequences.
1: Okay, okay, go ahead you guys and at the end I will uh, intervene and if there's time for questions or if there is time then we'll, we'll have some questions if there are any. Otherwise, um, yeah, I'll see you guys at the end.
2: All right, thank you. Uh, so, um, well, I've met, uh, we had Tomasi Wines at the portfolio of the importer that I used to work with at the time loading. And I was uh, selling the uh, Tomasi wines for my customers. But later in Verona, last summer, during the Via Ambassadors program, uh, there was a seminar on historical families of Amarone, which Pierangelo Tomasi attended, and we uh, finally met in person. And it was really a unique chance to taste different Amarone wines from legendary producers like Allegrini, Mazzi, Speri, Tadese, Zenato, Brigaldara. Uh, Thirteen in total, and comparing these wines, I noticed how elegant and sophisticated Tomasi Amarone was, and I appreciated I appreciated it even more. Uh, so I shared my impression with uh, Pierangelo, and he was very kind to invite me to visit the winery, and I did. Uh, I did it a few months uh, later in November. I had a chance finally to drive to the De Buris yard, of my favorite uh, Amarone, and to work to walk on its calcareous soil and better understand where the style of this flagship Amarone comes from. So this wine yard is on the top of the hill with fantastic view. I could even see Lake Garda from there. So I also visited uh, estate and gorgeous cellar. And I should mention that uh, Armani, the fashion brand, organized a show a runway show uh, in the cellar some years ago. So I'm not the only one who thinks that Tomasi cellar is beautiful, you know. Uh, And I visited a very modern wine shop and museum of the wine and perceived how much work is behind Tomasi brand and each glass of wine they produce. So seeing back uh, black and white uh, photos of uh, the estate, uh that was that were made decades ago and comparing it with today i felt really strong impression and the fact that it's a family-run company impresses me even more you know you compare it with uh, decades ago and com- you compare it now and it's, you can see really huge progress that this uh company made within years so i'm i'm really happy to to be talking to pierre Angel today and uh, I have a few questions to ask. Okay.
3: I am ready, Anna. Anytime.
2: Uh, let me, uh, Pierangelo, let me uh, introduce you. Uh, your career um, uh, as a CEO of the You were born in uh, 1975 in one of the greatest Italian wine families, Tommasi family estate, founded in 1902 and uh, you were uh, one of the nine members of a current uh, fourth generation who run the family business, is that right?
3: Yeah, this is correct.
2: Okay, and as soon as you finished uh, your studies, you went to work full time in the company and started uh, training as a warehouse worker, then a wine shop responsible for wine tours and tasting, then expert director, and working uh, your way in the company until current position the executive director. So that's quite an impressive career, I must say. Uh, So uh, then uh, you uh, inherited your passion for wine from your father and uncles, uh, with whom you went through the vineyards driving tractors and uh, using Mm -hmm. harvest uh, the grapes. Uh, So, you inherited the rigor and loyalty as well. Such qualities have allowed you to make uh, the reigns of foreign markets and to be often one of the over 70 countries where Tamazi family estate wines are distributed. So, you are married, have two kids and a dog, and indulges in your passion, soccer, both as a player and as a fan. Well, (laughs) is everything correct?
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, everything is correct. I would say that I, I, I used to be a player of soccer, but now being 46 year old, I have to be very careful. So I still consider myself a good player, but although I'm not uh, that young anymore to really be active as, as I used to be. But this is actually correct. Thank you.
2: Yeah, Um my uh, my first question was actually about uh, your your personal story uh, how, yeah. how 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 uh, your how your career started really I just uh, said a few words uh, about yeah. it but but could you could you say it from your point of view yeah. I mean I mean which do you think what was the stumbling point in your career when when you realized you really want to be in this
3: business well you see i mean uh, i uh, i kind of introduced quickly the company itself before getting to talk a little more about myself in a sense that to answer your last question uh, i mean that came easily being part of a family which dna has always been in wine production since uh, 1902 actually 120 years ago when uh, my great grandfather who was a farmer working a vineyard here in the Valpolicella Classico region Uh, but this vineyard was actually owned by another uh, very noble rich family. He had the chance to buy this vineyard from his boss because his uh, desire, his long-term project and vision was to to do something on his own and he started the the, the Tomasi uh, business though. So growing in a family that has always been part of the wine industry uh, the passion and a desire to be involved is almost natural, I would say. So, uh, going back to myself and to your question, although my studies, in, in particular in high school, were not specifically linked to viticulture nor analogy, but I actually studied and graduated in, uh, in a school that was actually focused on foreign languages and tourism. And that helped me. Once I uh, decided to finally start working in the company in the family company to be able to look after the export markets, which, as you mentioned, was not my very beginning in the say business career because as I started as a as a warehouse worker, uh, got a passion about you know uh, logistics as well, which uh, several years later I can say. It's been extremely important for my, for my business life because once you learn about logistics and how to actually handle things in warehouse, your, your, your mind is mentally prepared to, in a way, organize things, handle with people, uh, and also, in a way, uh, try to have a sort of a long-term vision. And, uh, and after this uh, year and a half of really training and working in warehouse, I could finally start uh, introduce, in, introduce myself to be a little more into the, the the export business of our company, which back then was already pretty well, in a way, uh, uh, organized. But I had the chance in so many years to definitely uh, take it to the next level. So then when you are in the family business like we are, at some point uh, you kind of have to have somebody to take the further step up uh, to the role of uh, of CEO and and that is actually me, and I'm very proud of that.
2: Well, did you did your parents uh, insist on you being a part of a family business?
3: Mm-hmm. Not at all, not at all. You see, this is actually quite fascinating, I would say, about our family. but I can tell you uh, more in general, I think it is very much part of the of the Veneto uh, in a way, DNA and attitude. There are several uh, industries here in the Verona and more in general, Veneto region. Wine, you know, agriculture and more in general. Uh, we actually have the very famous marble production here in Verona province. Tourism, uh, for instance, linked to the amazing historic city center Verona, but also Lake Garda and, and, and several others, actually. Uh, and uh, I can tell you there are so many Family companies in all these industries because it is quite, uh, you know, normal as part of a local culture and DNA. So, so it's been the same in our family, though. I mean, um, you know, opening the, the the windows, the bedroom windows every morning and seeing vineyards, you you get in, you get involved with with wine, even though you, you don't want it. I mean, it, you really feel it's part of your life, and that actually happened to me. And luckily, it happened also to all my uh, sisters and cousins uh, uh, that were all involved in the family business. So this is the best way to prove that uh, even though parents did not necessarily insist, but we felt as natural to be involved in, in, in such a lovely uh, business. Because, I mean, uh, I, mean, I mean, what else would you like to do than be involved in running your own wine company?
2: Well, that's a really good way you put it. Uh, it's really, um, yeah. I I know there are a lot of uh, family companies in Verona, especially, and it's a very long tradition. So it's really a good way. You, um, it's a good point you you bring up with a with a attitude. Uh, if you if you talk about uh, uh, Tomasi wines in general, uh, how would you describe the signature style of Tomasi wines?
3: What is it, to your point? Well, you see, when you, or what I mentioned, actually, uh, something about Tomasi wines, as you briefly introduced uh, earlier, uh, mentioning the different regions in Italy where we are actually involved right now. But starting from our homeland, Valpolicella Classico and Amarone wines, for instance, etc., we have always believed in uh, respecting the, the real nature and DNA of the soil and the local grapes. And the same uh, say philosophy uh, uh, has been then in a way developed and maintained in every other regions where we decided to invest uh, uh, in the most recent years. So based on that, based on that mission to respect the, so the local characteristics, uh, our wines, Uh, have to be, in a way, you know, of course, uh, complex in their way. Uh, Some of them are more by nature. Others are more kind of fresh and easy to drink, if you will. But they all have to be elegant, enjoyable, uh, with great finesse. And uh, and in a way, they have to be no-brainer. I mean, no one around the world has to have any hard time to drink a Tomasi wine and no hard time to match with food. So rather than really trying to make our wines different or just appealing to the trends or to what the potentially the worldwide consumers like, we prefer to maintain the real original DNA and characteristic of each region and do our best to, to produce quality wines that people are really have a good time and enjoy. To drink.
2: Yes, I'm one of those people.
3: (laughs) Yeah, uh,
0: (laughs) definitely.
3: I Uh, I actually remember the conversation we had though, so I know that I'm I'm kind of knocking an open door with you (laughs) about that.
2: (laughs) Right. So, and what do you think? uh, Coming back to this topic of family business, um, what do you think is the most important thing when doing uh, business with family members? You know, you all. Cousins and brothers and sisters and uncles, and yeah,
3: yeah, fathers.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, what? Do,
0: yeah.
2: How do you stay? Um, um, I mean, how um, would say in a, in a a good working team? I'm sure you're yeah. a great family. Uh, I could see that, but but how you stay a, a great? What is the key to stay a good uh, team? Good working
3: team. Nine of us, large, uh, you know, generation, nine members. Uh, Between brothers and cousins, we actually run two different activities in the family group because besides producing wines, we also own hotels and restaurants. And and therefore, to finally answer your question, the most important thing is to get along. When you you respect each other, you respect each other's strengths and weakness, you support each other, uh, you also uh, understand that uh, working as a group, you can really achieve great results. Whereas becoming individual players, you can easily and quickly be a loser. That is actually very much part of our family, again, DNA and and, and in a way it's been our mission uh, since a long, long time. And then uh, you recognize in everyone uh, the ability uh, to be more involved in something for instance, uh, either making wines or selling wines or looking after administration and so on and so forth. So every, when everyone has the chance to really do give its best according to the attitude, then you can tell that the team uh, is actually a winner. And uh, and that, that has been uh, so far uh, for Tomasi Family Estate since uh, we all part of the fourth generation started Uh, in 1997, so 25 years ago. But more importantly, you really have to respect each other every single day. Obviously, you argue sometimes. I'm not here saying that everything is actually perfect. You argue, you discuss, you don't agree or or, or not necessarily agree all the time. But in the end of the day, when you really understand that, that the team is what really wins, then you are a winner. And and I'm very proud that all of us have been very, very close up to now. Uh, That said, we have to thank our fathers and mothers that really grew us up uh, understanding the importance of being and staying close as a family. And this is now the same thing that all the nine members are doing with our own children. I actually have two, as you mentioned, but if I also include all the other, you know, uh, nephews and nieces that I have come from our, from my cousins and sisters. The fifth generation is made by 16 children and different ages, of course. So our, uh, mission today is to grow them up, teaching them how important it is to stay close as a family, respect each other, love each other. Besides whether or not they will be working together, because that's still a bit far away from now. But at least they have to love each other, respect each other, and be still close as as cousins, and uh, and I'm very positive, looking at the way they behave and they stay together. I'm very positive that the fifth generation will continue, uh, with the same trend as we have been able to do in this past uh, so many years.
2: Well, the way the way you describe uh, this uh, remind me of a soccer game. You know where all the players are important, <laughs> and if uh, Everyone is good. Then the team wins.
0: <laughs> so
2: it's so much, um, so much in common with a sport.
3: Yeah, you see the fact that I'm actually a fan of uh, soccer in particular uh, it make me think many times uh, in my mind at least comparing as you as you just said. I mean, comparing a team that is actually family, but also uh, people that work together. With a team of uh, you know teammates, actually, uh, that uh, that have to share the same vision. Oh. Otherwise, uh, you will never be a winner, but you will most likely be a loser.
2: <laughs> right, that's that's you're very right. Um, and could you could you please tell about the roles of your family members? Like who do does what.
3: Yeah, I mean, I kind of uh, quickly, briefly mentioned earlier in a sense that luckily, uh, being so many, uh, we had a chance to be involved in a certain sector according to our attitudes. And for instance, I'm happy to mention uh, my cousin Giancarlo, who uh, way a long time ago in high school and then even more in the university decided to become the enologist. So we are happy and proud to have uh, the real wine man, as I call him, the enologist part of the family. And then the other relatives are actually involved in sales uh, for looking after the Italian market, uh, administration, uh, human resources. So we really control all the main sectors of a a company. And then uh, two uh, cousins of mine, actually, two members of the fourth generation have been running since a long time, the hospitality business, which is the other branch of the family group.
2: Okay, I see. And speaking of the... Well, that's very interesting. I've met uh, Giancarlo uh, also at the the estate, and he's really positive, and you can really see his lively character that, that he expresses in the wine. Somehow, I don't know, but, but I just take a glass and I really feel this positive uh, <laughs>
0: attitude. Wow. Wow. Uh-huh.
3: It is it is it is really very nice what you say. Very nice to hear. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, when you when you when you enjoy a glass of Tomasi wines, and you kind of visualize and feel this very much Giancarlo's style. I mean, when you get to know him personally, like it happened with you. Then you can really see a lot about himself and his, and his personality and his way of being in our wine. So enjoyable, pleasant, and as I said earlier, no-brainer. And that really very much respects my, my cousin's uh, character. So I really like what you say. Thank you.
2: Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Speaking of your human resource, I was really impressed uh, when I met uh, some of your um, uh, members of the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially export managers, uh, I noticed how much qualified they are.
0: Mm-hmm. Even,
2: um, to my impression, even overqualified to the positions they have, you know. They're really educated, they speak languages, they travel, they know market very well, they know m- much more than <laughs> the market in Italy uh, they're working in. So it's such a huge background they have um, and it's really uh, I, I was I was uh, very happy that, that to see uh, what what a brilliant what brilliant people you have in the team. And could you tell me how uh, what's your approach of uh, uh, choosing professionals that work for you? Uh, what do you seek? Uh, which criteria in their resumes or in their personality is the key for you?
1: Italian Wine Podcast. Brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp.
3: Well, I mean, you see, when you uh, look uh, for, when you have an open position in a certain uh, sector of the company, you, of course, have to start looking for somebody who has uh, most likely the experience that can be more or less depending on, on, on the timing. But, uh, I mean, when I interview candidates, uh, the first, uh, and the most important thing I want to feel is the, if this person is empathic, I mean, I want to have my kind of my heart and soul telling me whether this is the right person or it is not. Uh, meanwhile, of course, I try to get the feeling, whether this is really skilled at, at the level that I'm looking for, but more importantly, I mean, the question that I have to myself is, do I like him? Or not, and when I think of that question, I also think: Would this person get along with the rest of the family and the rest of the team? Those are the two main questions that I, I do I, I do I, to myself when I listen people uh, introducing themselves, at least in the first uh, in the first interview, uh, and then everything else comes uh, almost by itself. So I'm really happy and proud of the way you described uh, some of my uh, you know team members that you actually met i'm very proud of them uh, sometimes you are lucky that you really find the right person sometimes you are really not and you just realize it you know over the time but uh, but again besides the how skilled they are in in their in their you know in their business in, in in their role actually uh, i really try to find people that can really be well uh, um, received by the rest of the team at first step and be uh, ideally good partner in the same team. So you see very much the way we have been able in the family to create a certain atmosphere. I wish to be able to create the same atmosphere with with team members. And, And then in the end, it's also up to them to get along because you cannot really control their minds or their behavior, but at least start with a good sense. Mm, I believe this is the right person, and then time will tell.
2: Well, it's um, it's, it's a great way you put it. Uh, you you said at the beginning that you're not going to tell any secrets, really. <laughs> but,
0: but I think you,
2: you already spill the the main secret. It's very rare when I hear from the CEO of the company that they look for some um, atmosphere you know it's so rare in business in selling business in uh, importers business in uh, in a business where big money involved that's quite rare i should say well it's, it's nice uh, that that you you have this uh, approach uh Thank let's you. switch let's switch to uh the projects uh, yeah. you have in other outside of veneta because it's very, very interesting. Uh, please tell about them, like wh- wh- where you chosen, uh, which, which wines outside of uh, Veneto you make and why you've chosen those uh, appellations, those yeah. regions.
3: So, uh, I mean, I have to say that this whole uh, project uh, or journey, as I like calling it, journey started in uh, family holding, today called Tomasi Family States. Uh Once we all agreed on that, the company was actually able financially to invest, and our uh, desire uh, from the very beginning was to buy more vineyards. We have always been uh, uh, vintners, uh, I mean, we have always produced wines with our own grapes. And the, the amount of hectares that we owned back then were not enough for a long-term project. So we decided to invest more in land. And in one way, we did it in, in, immediately in the, in, from the very beginning in the Valpolicella area. But at the same time, we realized that we could be a long-term successful wine company if we would actually also possibly expand uh, with wine project outside of our home area, uh, Veneto. And uh, we, when we finally agreed to do that, we thought, that Tuscany should actually be the region to be, for, for, for many reasons. I mean, the the uh, in a way the importance, the authority of Tuscan wine regions all over the world, based on all their um, most historic uh, appellations such as Brunello, uh, Chianti Classico, Super Tuscan,s and and then later on Bolgheri and all the others. So uh, that was actually the region where we first wanted to possibly invest. And uh, I actually mentioned Montalcino, not as a coincidence, but because that was our dream in 97, but we were not able to really, in a way, afford an important project, an expensive project uh, back then. And at the same time, I think we were not brave enough. We were still young and we needed to, do an experience somewhere else, probably to do our mistakes uh, in a less risky wine region before really, uh, possibly, hopefully, getting into Montalcino area. And that's why without giving up with the idea that Tuscany should be the region to be at, we decided to start a nice project in Maremma, Toscana, in Southern Tuscany. As I said, uh, in a way less risky, so to speak, Uh, not as expensive as Montalcino was back then. And uh, that was actually a great, uh, great solution, a great decision, I can tell you several years later. Because we learned how to work with different grapes than the local ones from Verona. We learned how to manage a company a few hours away from home. We learned how to handle with local employees, again, a bit far away from home. I mean, we learned so many things which were really uh, 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 critical for for the following projects uh, that we made several years later. And uh, as I explained why Tuscany, uh, some years later, uh, we decided to expand in Southern Italy, in Apulia region in particular, because we were then ready again to take another step. And then the strategy back then became very clear uh, with the ambition. To invest more, we wanted to invest in those regions which could make the Tomasi Family States portfolio more complete and quite strong to be able to offer to all our national and international partners, I mean uh, customers basically, the chance to buy from, from us wines from three basically uh, uh, regions uh, in, uh, from Italy, North, Central and South. I mean, and the rest uh, has been uh, a continuous uh, journey of, uh, of uh, I mean, quite exciting, driven by a clear strategy behind, supported luckily by a, a very, uh, in a way, say, healthy financial situation of our company. And, and the fact, uh, and I go back to the very beginning, that we are a very solid family with many members that are really giving 110% of themselves every single day. Uh, we ourselves spend a lot of time working and that is actually quite, uh, uh, quite important, uh, very strong roots to be able to expand as much as we have done so far. And I would like to go back quickly to Montalcino because I mean, uh, as I mentioned, it was almost a dream back in 1997. And then we were finally able to make the dream become true in 2015, when we finally purchased the Casizano estate. So you see, it took 18 years uh, before we got it. And uh, in my mind, I think it is like when you give birth to a child, and then once he gets 18, he's now an adult and is free to go. So uh, apparently we started in 97, this Tomasi family estate journey. We were kind of just born uh, in, in, in that sense, and 18, 18 years later, we were able to make the dream become true. And then the rest is history. And uh, I mean, I'm happy to announce that uh, after having added the Basilicata area also to the group, uh, Lombardy for sparkling wines, uh, we actually Umbria, which is a, a, a sort of a work in progress project, but recently, during Vinitaly, we signed the last contract and acquired a very exciting project in one of the most exciting Italian wine regions, which is Etna and Sicily.
2: Wow, that's that's uh, that's a great news! You'll be you'll have Etna wines. I I can't wait uh, to see. You. What, what the style will be, I'm sure I, I, can, I, I can really imagine this uh, signature style of Tomasi and Etna wines, you know,
3: <laughs> yeah, well, <I laughs> it can, should be
2: really interesting.
3: One hundred percent, and I can tell you probably uh, at least one year before we will actually release the wines from there, that uh, that is another region where we will definitely respect the characteristic of the area where we are at. I I had the chance to visit the region a few times, uh, understand the region a little more, uh, and uh, speak with local producers. Uh, Many of them are actually good friends of mine. And understand how different the soil can be according to the sub-region where you're at in Aetna, how much you are exposed to east towards the seaside, whereas if you are more north or northwest, and so on and so forth. So I don't want to make a lesson about ethanol wines now, but I mean respecting the really the the, the kind of the crew uh, or, uh, you know, which are really very much part of the area uh, will be our mission. And so uh, this will give definitely continuity to what we have done in every other wineries up to now. Well,
2: um, I, wanted to, I want to ask uh, which... Um how, what is your choice based on when you, when you look for a direction for a new, for a new project? Is it other uh, numbers or some studies, some recent studies or maybe other pro- successful producers that you look after? What really makes you choose uh, a new project in certain region?
3: I mean, you, you are actually always inspired by somebody, of course. Sometimes can be just a good connection of people you know, uh, colleagues you know, but at the same time, it can also be when you feel and you understand that that region is going to grow, is going to really develop because you understand the potentials. You know, I can make different examples because they're not all alike. I kind of mentioned earlier why Maremma, Uh, why Maremma in Tuscany, Uh, the importance of the region and the fact that uh, when we were younger, uh, Montalcino was not affordable. But then Montalcino came later and you can tell, I mean, the importance of Brunello as much as Amarone is. So we are proud to be producers of uh, two of the most, uh, I would say, prestigious and unique wines from Italy. Uh, But then I also mentioned why Puglia. We wanted to complete the portfolio with strategic wines, good value, good quality, good value wines, from southern, from southern Italy, so that our customers would be able to buy wines from, our, from us, from North, from Central from South. Then Lombardy uh, project in Alter Popovese was driven by the uh, desire to be able to produce classical method of sparkling wines. And that is the land of Pinonero grape in Italy, the land of an historic, Metodoclassico, which unfortunately, as a wine region, is not as known as it should be due to the importance of the area, the, the, the history of the area, Ultra Popavese, for, for spark new wines, actually. Uh, then uh, Basilicata, because we, uh, we had the uh, great chance to do something together with a family, Paternoster, who we had known for a very long time. That was a few years ago in a position uh, to have the previous generation step out and the new generation, which is basically represented by by Fabio Paternoster Dinologist, to really take over. And it was it was willing to possibly be in partnership with a family that has a long-term project. And luckily that the Tomasi family, actually us, was a family he was happy to do business with. And now we're talking about a very small wine region, Basilicata, but where Paternoster is actually uh, the star. And uh, with a, a wine so complex, which is Allianico del Vulture, that as far as I can see up to now, has a, a, is quite well received in Italy, in particular Central and Southern Italy. It's kind of growing its uh, you know, re- uh, distribution in Northern Italy but it's still uh, not as known as it should be in all around the world. So with this project, we have a, a long way to go, which is, which is very exciting because it is going to inspire us every day. And then to finish with Aetna, if I may say something about that, that was actually uh, quite obvious. I would say these days that if we would ever be able to do another investment, like we just did, we should look at the region which has been probably the fastest growing Italian wine region in the last, uh, say, 10 years, uh, with a great, great uh, location, uh, great really t- t- territory, uh, with big history, fascinating. You see, you know, the Etna volcano, a mountain behind you, and then you see uh, the sea uh, just in front of you, so an amazing place. And with very interesting wines, that can be quite enjoyable when they're young and with the long aging potential. So uh, Etna was actually inspired by un- uh, not just the beauty of the region and the quality of the wines, but also understanding that if Etna is very good today, it will actually be great in just a few years to come
2: yes i agree with you i love uh, etna wines and i i'm really impressed with the potential these wines have and uh, considering those uh, regions you mentioned uh or- and uh, basilicata and um, lombardia i i think those are underestimated like in lombardia those are underestimated definitely those are great they make uh, great wines that are uh not very known on the market but i hope they will be grown big in the in the next years i totally agree with you i would uh, if i if i would play your game yeah. i would i would do the same moves actually
3: you see from I, I, uh, from our end anna we have uh, the ambition to contribute to possibly contribute to take those little, uh, still unknown regions to possibly become a bit more known in the future. So that is our, our mission and, uh, and one of the reasons why we are, we are happy to be involved there as, as much as we are in more known wine regions such as Verona, uh, Saibal-Pulicella, Lake Garda, Montalcino, etc.
2: Great. Well, we have a question from our listener. It's Lucio Brito. And he wants to ask whether Tomasi wine is being exported to Brazil?
3: Yes, they are actually. We have uh, three say, regional distributors in Brazil. Uh, All three, uh, in a way, at the moment, include primarily the the core wines from the Veneto portfolio. So Amarone, of course, uh, Valpolicella, Ripasso in particular. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I'm sure uh, your name is Lucho, right? You can uh, certainly easily reach out to me by email and I can give you more information uh, where you can possibly uh, find our wines there in the market.
2: Thank you so much. And I would uh, like to ask you about uh, Lugana uh, it's a project, is my favorite white wine you make. Uh, I've tasted absolutely all white wines uh, you produce. I everyone has its character everyone is great but but Lugana is very special it's so deep it has a great structure it's very promising you know and i i feel how it develops with an age uh it's truly a great wine and i know it's quite a new project for you uh, Le Farnaccia Lugana could you say please a few words about it how you came up with it and what's your uh, ideas about this, uh, about this project, about these wines.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, very happy to talk about Lugana because that is actually a wine that I also love from the white wine side and, and the way you described, I would have used actually the same, exactly the same words, um, from say, from the, from the technical and stylistic standpoint, uh, Lugana is not really such a recent project from us in a sense that we have owned a fairly small vineyard in the Lugana area at least since 30 years. But it's only been, only been since 2014 when well, we decided to really make it way more important than what it used to be. And therefore, we, uh, in uh, just a couple of years, we bought uh, several more vineyards Uh, to the point that we actually own 45 hectares under vine today, which is quite a large estate in in the Lugana area. And uh, in a way, I mean, many reasons why. One in particular, uh, which I, in a way, I haven't mentioned so far, but this is also good for other wine projects in other regions where we are involved outside of Veneto. The fact that since... Uh, uh, Part of our family DNA and activity has been in the hospitality business with hotels and restaurants. Uh, The project we choose are not only necessarily linked to the production of that wine period, but that actually, I mean, making wine or making that wine is only something about a larger Project and, and a much longer-term project, which definitely includes the uh, the as you say the the importance of uh, talking uh, about the region where the winery is based and where the wine is produced. In particular, where uh, incoming annual tourism potentials are actually huge, where we can develop an hospitality project to welcome visitors to come visit us and enjoy the wines locally so Lugana is a perfect area for that you know beautiful uh, area beautiful cities in in the the area in the region uh, very uh, busy from the touristic standpoint so in one end we have the chance to produce uh, a lovely wine which is technically uh, enjoyable and with aging potential as you mentioned while on the other hand we have the chance to do it in a region which is full of annual tourists and that is quite uh, part of uh, our uh, you know family uh, path which will hopefully continue for a very long time
2: thank you thank you perangelo we have just uh, nine minutes uh, left until the end of the clubhouse so i have two more questions to ask you and uh, could you please tell me uh, what Do you hope, uh, what do you wish Tomasi uh, company, Tamasi Group uh, would be like in 10 years?
3: Well, I mean, uh, uh, first of all, to still be a very solid uh, family-based company, and I'm 110% sure this will actually happen, no question about it, because in 10 years I will still be here and I will make sure that the company will continue to be uh, as solid as it is today in terms of family involved. And then, of course, we have 10 years to go to work hard every day to make our uh, brand recognition grow, develop even further, improve, uh, and in, in basically, as sort of a long, to- long story short, be known as Tomasi Family States, be known and rec- considered as one of the most uh, uh, respectful, representative of quality Italian wines throughout the world.
2: Okay, that sounds very promising. <laughs> I hope uh, I hope to see how you grow in uh, ten years. Really, Um what, uh, what is your favorite uh, Tomasi wine?
3: By the way, I mean, and I hear it's quite easy to answer. I mean, Tomasi de Buri Samarone, What else?
2: <laughs> That's right. It's so breathtaking that uh, nothing else uh, would um, even close. But maybe maybe your Etna wine would be uh, as uh, as great. <laughs> no. We'll see. Maybe we'll some see. of the new projects.
3: I mean, you see, good. I mean, the tech, uh, to just uh, quickly, quickly explain the reason why I answered about Amorone, I mean, you can tell, this is a wine that I've been in a way admiring uh, since uh, I was a child, uh, seeing how my father and uncles were carefully selecting grapes, drying them on, on the, on, uh, in, the, in the drying loft areas, and, and so on and so forth all the way through the long age and et cetera. Then I, I became to an age where I started appreciating the wine, and that, that wine has actually represented us throughout the world, uh, and it, it has helped me also in a way to succeed in my business. So on one end I, I love it as a wine, but on the other hand, it represents my, my story. So the answer is definitely easy. Then the Buris uh, project and single vineyard came years later, and that is actually certainly the chair on the cake. That said, I have to say that if I had to pick a region where as a, a private wine consumer usually buys to enjoy, that is definitely Tuscany. For some reasons I have a, I'm i particularly fan of. Etna. I can tell you, I am so excited. I really look forward to releasing the first uh, Tomazi family wines from there.
2: And, and what's the uh, what's the biggest market for Amarone de Burris?
3: Well, actually, the Burris itself, uh, in a way, respects also uh, what is the other Tomazi Amarone Classico in terms of uh, recognition distribution. Uh, there are there are three main regions actually where. We are at, say, uh, United States and Canada, for sure. And then uh, Scandinavian markets a lot. But also, I mean, the historic ones in Europe, such as Switzerland, Germany. Uh, but technically, I would say all five continents. You see the beauty of Amarone and the good Amarone, and we are very lucky to be one of the producers of this amazing wine, is that the style, the characteristic, are in a way enjoyed everywhere, all around the world. I mean, the wine match the international palate and international cuisine. And and that is quite important for the success of the wine. So we are proud, but also lucky to be one of the historic producers of this amazing wine.
2: That's a a great way you put it. Uh, It's a taste that unites uh, (laughs) all five continents. Uh, it's, it's quite challenging to, make, to uh, produce wine, which uh, so many people would appreciate uh, and, and cherish. You know, that's really a hard, uh, hard thing. I, I remember uh, visiting the estate. Um, I had a chance to taste uh, berries that were drying you know uh, the berries from the buddhist vineyard, uh, yeah. and i can still feel the taste of those grapes you know they're so fresh and with good acidity was really nice fruitness and i could really feel it in uh in the wine as well you know this very sophisticated taste it's uh pretty amazing <laughs> i really yeah, I'm happy I tasted uh, the actual grape, you know, that we'll see that the market will see in five years. Yeah,
3: yeah. you see, I mean, uh, we just, uh, you and I kind of described uh, the Maroni wine kind of more from the technical standpoint. But I, I I mean, as I remember your visit and how much you enjoyed, you see, you can be really, uh, you, you are, no, you can be, you are a great ambassador of it because uh, even more than tasting berries, as you said, and enjoying wine, etc., you you visited the vineyard. So you really had the chance to experience the importance of a vineyard dedicated to such an important wine. So, I mean, our family philosophy is uh, uh, you, you, if you want to make a good wine, you, you start by far from the vineyard. And then just after, you do actually do your best in the cellar. But if you don't really have the proper vineyards for premium projects, everything else you try to do would most likely fail. So LEN is the key of a success.
2: All right, everybody,
1: that was a lovely conversation. It sounds very heartfelt, actually. So I really enjoyed that. I. Uh, Unfortunately, because it's so close to seven, I'm going to have to close the room. But I just wanted to thank you both for for that conversation. That was really lovely.
3: Well, I mean, thank you, Joy. Thank you so much, Anna, for uh, your questions and conversation. I would like to say thank you also to Lika, who actually uh, worked and helped us to get this uh, together. And uh thank you all for attending. I hope to see you visiting tomasi uh, one day if it's uh, if this will be the first time, first time otherwise again and not just in the Veneto but also in the other regions. Keep promoting and enjoying Italian wines guys because you are really are the ambassadors.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you guys for for listening. Thank you Pier- Pierangelo for this really so nice talk. Thank you. Thank you both. And, and
1: just in case there are any people who would like to ask questions, but because we are out of time, you can always Leica on Instagram at Italian Wine Podcast, or you can also just send us an email at info at com, And I would be happy to forward those questions. So, um, have a good night, everybody, and, um,
0: see you next time. Ciao. Ciao.
2: Ciao, ciao.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Vinitoli Academy